And uh, today we're going to be focusing on a particular story. If you have a story that you would like us to address, maybe something in the scripture that you'd like to hear us talk about this summer, uh, maybe uh, something that's been a bit perplexing to you or something that uh, you just want some answers about, you can just put that on your connection card. There's a spot in your connection card, and we'll look at that, and we'll see if we can uh, accommodate that. That would be really terrific. But today our story is all about making uh, small choices that make a big difference in life. And sometimes... The smallest decisions in life can uh, lead to some really big, big results. Did you know there was almost a nuclear war in 1983? Did you know that? There was a man, Stanislav Petrov. He was the guy that was sitting uh, on behalf of the Russians watching, uh, you know, any for any activity, nuclear activity happening, um, and uh, would respond accordingly. And according to his uh, his. Uh, equipment, there was a, uh, a strike coming, a nuclear strike coming from the United States towards Russia. But he, uh, he paused for a moment before he initiated a return attack and uh, thought about it for a minute thinking, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not quite right. And sure enough, his alarms were wrong. If he'd have responded in that moment in the way that he was trained to, he could have, we could have all had a nuclear, we could have had a nuclear war back in 1983. That would have been a terrible thing. You know, uh, Marie Antoinette, she just about made it away from Versailles. She and her family just about made it away from Versailles. But she, uh, she told the, uh, her, her coach driver that she didn't want to ride in the coach that he had picked out for her. She wanted a nicer one. And uh, so it took her a little longer to get away from the castle or the palace. And, uh, and sure enough, the, uh, the revolutionaries got there before she got away. So, But, you know, if she'd have taken what first came... She might, have, uh, she might have made it. Small decision, <laughs> big, big results for sure. You know, it was a lazy kind of reading, a lazy guy kind of reading that led to, the, uh, to the, uh, the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. It wasn't supposed to happen on the day that it did. The Berlin Wall fell in, uh, in 1989, and uh, it's one of the biggest events in my lifetime. It also sort of happened by accident. Gunter... Schabowski, a spokesman for the East German Politburo, was hosting a press conference about the possibilities of East Germany allowing travel through the wall. Here's the thing, right before the press conference, Schabowski received a memo from the Politburo updating him on what to say, but he didn't read the whole thing. After nearly an hour of speaking, I won't speak for an hour, after nearly an hour of speaking, Schabowski got a bit muddled and confused about what the actual policy of the Politburo was, and he overestimated the contents of the pre-conference memo. He mentioned opening their fortified border and travel possibilities for every citizen, which got the attention of the room. A reporter asked him, when might this happen? And he said, well, immediately. And that was enough for people to leave that room and go, and word just spread around, and that day, they tore down the wall. You know, it's, uh, there's, there's just lots of stories of different things that happen, and uh, things a decision made can make a real difference. Uh, maybe the Titanic wouldn't have sunk. True. Yeah. They, um, they actually let the... They, called the, 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 the second captain, or whatever you call the guy next down from the captain, what is he called? First officer, second officer, whatever. 
the second officer, maybe third down, okay? Source how much I know. Anyway, the second officer, they actually said, no, you're not going on this trip. Um, you stay home. And he kept the key in his pocket for the locker that held the binoculars. So all the, the uh, looking for icebergs had to be done without binoculars. Just maybe it would have happened differently if someone had made a different decision. Probably one of the most interesting stories I came across was about Teddy Roosevelt. He liked to speak uh, long, he, he liked to talk for long times as well. And uh, one day he was on the campaign trail in 1920, is it 1920? 1912. Uh, in 1912, and he wrote this uh, speech on the campaign trail. It was 50 pages long. Hey, that's good, eh? 50 pages long, and... Um, but he, you know, he didn't want to carry all, all those pages, so he folded it up in four and he put it in his breast pocket. And that day, well, just before he was called up to speak, uh, there was uh, someone with a gun and they shot at him and it hit him right in that breast pocket. And it slowed the bullet down enough that, uh, that it didn't do major damage and he was actually able to give his speech with a bullet lodged in his chest. Small decisions, small choices big changes. Here's the story. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. This is after the resurrection of Jesus uh, by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, well, we'll go with you. They went out and got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked. I mean, he just had his underwear on. And jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. Small choice, a big change. Disciples had been fishing all night, and uh, they'd caught nothing. But Jesus suggested just a small shift in their thinking, just a small change in their thinking and their actions. And because of that, their fortunes changed and things were very, very different. Oftentimes, uh, for us, we, get, we can get in a rut. And someone said a rut is really just a grave with the, with the ends knocked out of it. And we get stuck in a dead place in our life, a place where we haven't made any advancement, we haven't made any achievements in our life for a long time, and what we need to do is we need to make some changes. We need to make an adjustment in our thinking. And sometimes the Lord is trying to speak to us very much, and he's trying to, he's trying to get to us, and we're not hearing, we're not listening, we're, you know, the, the, the message isn't getting through, but when we do decide to make a change, when we listen carefully, things can change dramatically. Let me give you some advice. If you're thinking about the kind of changes you need to do or you're thinking about, you know, you're, maybe you're stuck in a rut, maybe you're happy with life, but here's some, just some really good advice. First of all, you need to be open. Um, you need to be open 
You need to have a posture of openness. You know, if someone comes at you like this, it usually is something that you really don't, you know, it's not, it's not welcoming. But if you meet somebody and they're like this, right, you, you can sense the welcome. Or if someone's hand is extended in our culture, and a hand extended is a sign of welcome and, and hospitality and openness. And it's important for us to have that kind of posture in our life, not just towards people, but towards the idea that change could be necessary in our life. There needs to be a change in our thinking and the change that we have to do something. There may be a need, it's just some new experience that God has for us down the road, but we need to be open to that experience. The disciples had to be open to some kind of idea here. They had to be willing to just take a little bit of advice. The truth is that sometimes that advice, we don't hear it until we are forced into it. The disciples were at a situation in their life where they had tried all night. Fishing was usually done at night in the New Testament times, and there was a sense, you know, they had fished all night but caught nothing. And, and in that moment of desperation, when they heard a voice that they didn't recognize, suggesting that they just throw their net on the other side, they were open to that idea. Sometimes the only reason we become open to any idea is because the pain becomes so difficult. Change is often difficult for us, and the only reason why we are willing to, uh, to even consider a change is because the pain of staying the same has gotten very difficult for us. You know, the Lord, I think, believe, allows us into those situations. Most of them are the consequence of our own behavior and our own decisions. But he allows us to get stuck in those situations of painful uh, circumstances in our life in order that we will be willing to hear the voice of God and be willing to make a change. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says this, So don't feel sorry for yourselves, or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines, the child he embraces he ha that he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. While we were children, our parents did what seemed best for them, but God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Those consequences we face of our own circumstances, the pain that we find ourselves in, are often the things that the Lord will use in our life to initiate change in us. But why wait until things get painful? Why wait until it's, it's, it's so difficult? Why not be open and willing to hear the voice of God and be prepared to make some changes? Sometimes, in order to make change, we need to let go of the certainty we already have. Certainty is a very dangerous thing. Thinking you know everything is a very dangerous thing. You know, uh, you're thinking you know it all. Think you've got all the answers. Think that you've got it all figured out in your life. Uh, whether you're young or you're old, it's always a dangerous thing to, to, to forget that you are still on a learning and growing journey in your life. What was good for yesterday may not be good for today. 
You know, there's some very wise advice that we give to children. But if you continue to have that, use that advice as an adult, it doesn't work out very well for you. Think of something like, don't talk to strangers. Well, we tell children that all the time. Don't talk to strangers. And it's very good advice for children because it could be dangerous because they're easily gullible. But what would you, how, what would you accomplish in your life if you never met someone new? If you never spoke to someone that you hadn't spoke to before? If you never introduced yourself? What kind of life would it be if you didn't introduce yourself or come to know someone different in your life? Our life requires us to be open to other people and to, to be willing to meet people. We'd never get a new job. We'd never, we'd, never, we'd never go outside of our house because, heaven forbid, we might meet a stranger along the way. You see, it's great advice for when you're a kid, but it's not great advice for when you're an adult. And there are all kinds of examples we could give, give you about that. We need to even be careful as followers of Jesus and people that follow the words of the Bible. We need to be careful that we don't use the Bible in that same kind of way. You know, when I was a kid, we used to sing a song, Jesus loves me this I know for, the Bible tells me so. And everything seemed to be able to be solved with the Bible. You could find an answer for everything with the Bible, and you can. The Bible is a very good tool to help us to live our life. There's a lot of wisdom in the Bible. There are great stories. That's why we teach from the Bible every Sunday here, and why we, we make it our effort to make the Bible often the center of, of our thinking and the way we do things. But you know what? You can really do some dangerous things if you just, just say, the Bible tells me so. Not that the Bible isn't reliable. You might not be reliable. The people that have interpreted the Bible for you may not have been reliable. You know, I, was, I remember this, uh, when I was a kid in Sunday school, uh, you know, my Sunday school teacher taught me the, dangerous, the danger of just taking the Bible and, and just using it like it was some kind of magic formula. And, uh, you know, he, he said, you know, that he told the story uh, that a man, you know, thought he needed the answers for his Bible, uh, from, needed some answers. So he prayed and he said, Lord, I'm going to open my Bible and I want you to give me the answer to my life. And uh, so he opened his Bible, and he read the verse that said that, uh, about Judas that he went out and hung himself. And then he turned a few pages over and uh, turned his Bible, just pointed his finger at the next verse, and it said, go and do likewise. You see, you know, you can grab onto things, you can grab onto little phrases, things that are taken out of context, and that's good. Even as a child, we can be taught those things, but there needs to be something. We need to be willing to go deeper and look harder and to, to understand what God is trying to speak, speak to us. You know, some people say, well, I just read the Bible and I just take it like it is. Whatever it says, that's what I do. Well, how can you have all, both your eyes? Did you not read the verse where Jesus said, if your eyes offend you, pluck them out? Oh, you didn't do that one. You see, we, we, we understand that even at times Jesus spoke in hyperbole. Even Jesus spoke using uh, language that, that we, we understand to be a, an a example of an extreme. And he was, what, I mean, Jesus was very clearly saying, if you're, if you're, if you're personal, as a person, if you are doing something that is hindering your your spiritual walk, your obedience to God, then you need to stop doing that at all costs. You need to, you need to, you know, get rid of that in your life. He wasn't literally mean pluck your eye out because your eye's been wandering or cut your arm off, he said, because you've, you know, you've been stealing or whatever. You need to stop those behaviors. But, you know, we have to really be mature in the way we even understand the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 5, it says this, I have a lot more to say about this, but it's hard to get it across to you since you've 
picked up this bad habit of not listening. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food long ago. Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. It's very important if you're going to learn, grow, change, and develop that you need to be willing to look beyond what you already think you know and be willing to learn a little more. Get some other perspectives. Listen to, to, to teaching. Open your heart and your life to the things that God is speaking to you and what he's speaking to others. Also, and it's important that we listen. John 14, verse 17 says that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. This is why I'm not too afraid for people who want to really serve God, really want to follow God, really want to grow in him. If we put our life to him, like, like uh, we were encouraged in this service earlier, just to open ourselves up to the Lord, just to open up to worship, open up to what God is speaking to us. You know, if we have that posture of openness, I'm not afraid for you that you would be led astray or that you would find yourself in trouble. Because the Bible says that when we open ourselves to the, to the, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is faithful to lead us into truth. God's not going to lead you down a path where, uh, where your heart will be damaged, where you will be hurt. Your, your will might, if you set your course on what you think you need or what you think is right, or what if you're just stubborn in your ways, then you could find yourself on the wrong path. But if your heart is open, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead us into truth. We just have to be listening. We have to be listening. Those disciples, they were listening for, for the voice of the person. You know, they didn't recognize Jesus' voice at first. They didn't know who it was. They did not know that it was Jesus speaking to them. But the voice made sense to them. They were discerning in what they were, in what they were listening for. And, and, you know, we would really like it if God spoke to us audibly or if there was something written in the sky for us or, you know, some kind of supernatural message. This thing keeps popping off my ear. Uh, and, you know, if there was some kind of supernatural message that came for us along the way. But that's not the way God speaks. He often speaks in very quiet ways. He speaks through other people. And we need to be listening and very carefully um, open to what God is speaking into our hearts and into our lives. And then finally, we need to remember, you know, this is not the first time in this story that Peter experienced this kind of miracle. This happened one other time. Back at the very beginning of the story in the Gospels, when Peter was, when Jesus was calling Peter, almost the identical story happened. Peter was having difficulty catching fish, and Jesus encouraged him to just fish a different way, a different direction, go out a different spot, and sure enough, he pulled in a great big load of fish. So this is the second time this happens for him. You know, sometimes we, we begin to forget how God has worked with us in the past and how he, faithful he's been to us in the past and that we can trust him and that, that his voice and the way he speaks to us and us being open to him and listening to him can have a powerful impact on our lives. We need to remember how God has moved us along in the past and understand that he wants to do that again in the future and even today. 
Because Peter was in that situation way back when, when he was just a fisherman, and Jesus wanted to call him into, into his service and into, into growing and learning. And uh, Peter obeyed. He, he left that catch of fish at the beginning. But you see, Peter has just come through a very dry time, a very difficult time in his life when we read this story that we're talking about today, the second time that Jesus performs this miracle for him. This is just after Jesus' uh, resurrection. This is just after the crucifixion of Jesus. And if you know the story of Jesus' crucifixion, one of the things that happened on the night that Jesus was crucified was that Peter denied that he knew Jesus. Jesus predicted it would happen. Jesus told him that he was going to deny him. And Peter said, no, I'll never do that. I would never do that. Lord, I'm here with you right to the very end. But when he was pushed, when he was, when he was afraid, when he, when, he was, when he was pressured, when he saw what was going down, he became fearful in his own heart. And he denied that he knew Jesus. And he'd heard up to this point that Jesus was, had come back to life. He'd heard. Others had seen him. But Peter hadn't really experienced him. hadn't really had that heart-on-heart -heart conversation with him. And Jesus initiates this time of restoration for Peter by repeating this miracle that he did at the very beginning of his walk. It's the same kind of thing. And it's in this experience, if you read on in the story in the Gospel of John and how Peter sits down with Jesus on the shore and Jesus makes them breakfast and they cook the fish and they eat together and they have this conversation. And Jesus lets Peter know that he is loved and that he is he's still needed, he's still wanted, that there's still something for him and there's this restoration that takes place in Peter's life. And sometimes the Lord wants to take us back to those experiences we've had. The Lord wants to do a fresh work in our life. We're cold and we're dry in our hearts. And the Lord wants to do something special in our hearts and lives. But we have to be open to him doing that. And we need to remember how faithful he's been in the past. So let me talk about some small choices that you could make today. The first one, of course, is very simple. We've talked about it already. Open yourself to Jesus just say to Jesus, Lord, I am open to receive whatever you have for me. Now, maybe you've never said that to the Lord before. Maybe you've never spoken those words to, to Jesus before. Maybe you've never really uh, opened your heart and your life to Jesus. I encourage you to do that. It will make a, that small decision, that, that minute decision that you can make in just a moment can change your life forever. You can begin on a journey a holistic journey of health and healing, happiness and kingdom life that will be revolutionary for you. And so I encourage you to do that. We call that repentance. We call that turning. You know, that, that repentance is kind of a, a, a religious term. And, and John the Baptist was the first one to use it. Repent, repent, turn. Take a turn in your life. Turn away from the way you're doing things and turn your life and your will over to Jesus. If you've never done that before, I encourage you to do that today. Before you leave here today, I encourage you just to, just to say to the Lord, I want to make a turn in my life. I want to make a choice to follow you, to, to turn my will and my life over to you. Later on after the service, there'll be some folks over here to pray with people, and, and uh, Jeff will tell you about that again, but just over here to my left, and uh, you can feel free to go and, and meet with them and talk with them, and they'll pray with you. They'll help you make that choice, make that decision. But for some of us, that choice needs to be refreshed in our life. 
We need to repent again. We need to turn again. There's maybe some specific things we need to turn away from. Maybe we've developed some bad habits. Maybe we've got some things in our life that we need to, we need to fix, that we need to, we need to restore. We, we need to remember what it was when the Lord first met us, when we first met the Lord, and we need to return to that place. I encourage you to do that today as well. Open your heart. Put a posture on your heart of openness. Uncross the arms of your heart. And open your arms to receive all that God has for you. Also, you need to return. Sometimes we need to return to what we know is right. We need to return to the things that have helped us in the past. And I guess what I'm thinking about here is oftentimes it's the spiritual disciplines that we've let slide in our life. The things that uh, maybe that have helped us in the past, but we have kind of let them slide. Maybe we haven't been you know, spending time reading the Bible. Maybe we've kind of let it, left it aside, put it on the shelf, or, you know, kind of hid that app behind all of our, you know, Candy Crush games and all that kind of thing on their phone. And we, maybe we just have not really opened those things. Maybe we haven't looked at the Word for a long time. Or maybe you've been reading the Word regularly, but it's just not fresh to you anymore, and you need to look at it in a different way. You know, I think it's important that we make that turn in our lives and we make a choice to return to the spiritual disciplines in our life. You know, if, you're, if you find the, the Bible stale, I encourage you to get a new translation. Get a different translation. It's as simple as that. Read the message. Read the New Living Translation. You know, you know sometimes all we need to, to make something fresh is just to hear the, the words in a little different way. You know, if someone comes to you and, 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 and always says this exact same thing to you over and over and over again, you know, it gets a bit stale. Hear the voice of God in a different way. Maybe it's prayer that you need to, to get back into. Maybe it's, maybe it's spending time with, with God. You know, sometimes we get discouraged about praying because it just seems so pointless. But that's probably because you've been doing all the talking and you need to just sit and listen for a while. Instead of thinking of prayer as you just, you know, coming to God with a list of things and, and, and going over and over and over the, you know, the, the checklist of your prayers, why don't you just turn prayer time into time sitting with God? Just say to the Lord, I'm going to sit here for 10 minutes and I'm not going to say anything and you don't have to say anything, but we'll just sit together. I'm just going to give this time to you. And maybe something will happen, maybe nothing will happen, but it will still be time for you. In this time, I'm not going to think about, you know, the problems. I'm not going to try to fix something. I'm not going to try to work out a problem. I'm not going to, you know, give you the list of all of the things that are wrong with my life and my world. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy your presence, just be in your presence. It's an important thing to do. You know, sometimes, you know, you need to dial prayer back and do something very simple, like take the Lord's Prayer, for instance. Something that maybe you have memorized, maybe you haven't. You can memorize the Lord's Prayer. It's not very hard. I memorized it when I was a kid. I still can, can, can uh, say the Lord's Prayer, and I often do. When I'm laying in bed at night, just before I go to sleep, I'll go through the Lord's Prayer in my, in my mind. And, uh, and just, you know, kind of just go through phrase by phrase by phrase by phrase. Sometimes I fall asleep before I got finished. That's okay. But, you know, we just need to take some time to restore those things in our life, to return to the things that we know are right. And then you need to get out of the rut that you're in. 
Sometimes that just means picking yourself up by the scruff of the neck and doing things differently. Stop checking the weather channel. You know what I mean by that? Some people are always checking the weather to see if today is going to be a good day or not. Is it going to be an okay day? Funny thing is, the older you get, the more you check the weather channel. I remember <laughs> I had a friend that was a, uh, was a personal care worker, and she'd go in the, in the homes of seniors, and she said, she said there's always two stations on, on the TV, the weather channel, or uh, if it's at lunchtime, it's the, it was in a different community, it was the obituaries that came on the television every day at noon. They wanted to check the weather, and who died? <laughs> you know, sometimes we are inhibited because we just have habitually are doing the same things, waiting for something special to happen. And we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. But that same old thinking keeps you in the same old place. And sometimes you just need to stop doing what you're doing and do something different. Stop living life the way you're living it and make a choice to do something better. Make a healthy choice. Make a, make a renewed and fresh commitment. Stop procrastinating. Make a decision. Sometimes it means take a chance. Take a chance on something that, you know, when these, these disciples heard the, the guy on the shore say, well, why don't you try the other side of the boat? They could have said, well, what good's that going to do? But they didn't. They took a chance, and they threw their nets on the other side, and the catch was so great. So do something new. Shut off the television. Instead of watching TV, read a book. Start investing in yourself. Take a course. Join a gym. Meet some new people. There are all kinds of things you can do. When you're in a rut, the only way out is to lift yourself out of it. The terminology of a rut came from, of course, roads that were not properly prepared. You know, nowadays when the, a road is built, um, there's a lot of work that's done under the surface. Things are dug out and all the, the sand and all the clay and all the, all the, 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 um, the, the, the junk that's underneath there that is susceptible to, to wet and, and to, to squishiness. Now, we take that all out now, and they put in hard, you know, surfaces. They gravel, and they pack it down and pack it down, and then they pave it. And we ride over that. We don't have a problem with ruts. But if you got ruts, and you got, you know, your, you got your wheels here, and your wheels get stuck in the ruts, you can't get out of it. And the only way to get the, the wagon or whatever out of the ruts is to pick it up and move it. And sometimes you have to pick up your life. You have to be, you know, following the direction of the Lord, picking up and moving on into something new. I don't know where you're at today. You've got some choices ahead of you. I encourage you to be listening to what the Lord is speaking to your heart and to your life. Maybe from a distance, maybe close by, but do something different. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you so much for the inspiration of your word. Thank you so much for these stories that have been preserved for us, that encourage us in so many different ways. And today, Lord, as we look at this story, I just pray that you'd help us, Lord God, to, to be encouraged to step out and try something, to make a fresh start, to let go of the, 
the, the things that we've held on to in the past and to move forward into the things of the future. I pray specifically, Lord, for those people here today that need to make a choice for you to turn their life and their will over to you. Lord, I pray that you just, just speak into their hearts and give them courage, Lord God, to do that. And for those of us, Lord, who've gotten a little bit stale and a little bit stuck in our own ruts, I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to move forward and to make the changes necessary, to open ourselves up to you, to receive your love, to receive your encouragement, Lord Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Jeff's going to come and close the service. So I just want to thank Pastor Michael for a very practical message this morning. Um, I love when we can take the Bible and the lesson in the Bible and make it something that we can really